I'm Amy. And I'm Tracy. And welcome to our podcast, It Still Takes a Village. We believe that today more than ever, we need community, not only when raising children, but also when it comes to getting through day-to-day life. So grab a cup of coffee and just join us for some conversation. Okay, we are back again, and our guest this time is Dana. One of my nearest and dearest, and I'm so glad she's come in to talk with us today. So, um, And I guess we should just preemptively say trigger warning for our discussions today. Uh, Tracy and I have talked a few times and brought up the subject specifically of uh, miscarriage and loss. Mm-hmm. And it's been something we've wanted to broach the subject on. And um, I guess it would sound really bad to say you're a great person to talk to about that. But someone who's been there and dealt with loss, maybe right. you have tips for us and for right. others too. So from the, you know, from an early spectrum, like your and I losses were before 12 weeks right. to beyond. So thank you so much for coming and talking with us. So. Thank you. We know it's a really personal topic, so we'll try to take it easy on you. So tell us about you and, and your girls first, because of course I know who you are. But <laughs> uh, My name is Dana. I'm a 35-year-old mom of two. Um, well, two living, I should say. I actually have four children. I have two here on earth with me and two in heaven. I had an early loss, same as Adrian, um, and we actually had our early losses real close together. The same week, it actually started yeah. our friendship. Um, she made a post on Facebook about, hey, everyone, I we had a false positive, um, weren't really pregnant, and I just felt, and I sent her a message, and I went, hey, is everything okay? Because mm. I had just had my miscarriage. And she goes, nope, it was a loss. And I went, okay, I'm going through it at the ex- literally the same week. Mm-hmm. So she and I shared that. Um, but I also have a late loss. We had a 28-week placental abruption. Mm-hmm. Um, got to the hospital immediately. I was in surgery within an hour of getting there, and they still couldn't save her. We lost over half my blood. They almost lost me. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. So... It's it's really driven me to do some research and figure out, you know, everybody wants a cure. Everybody wants to know the cause. And that's mm-hmm. that's just not possible yeah. with loss. Um, there are some things that they can find out. Uh, I do have a clotting factor that with my subsequent pregnancy, we had to really, really watch. And I took a baby aspirin every day. And that was supposed to help out with not having a miscarriage or later losses. Mm -hmm. But a lot of women don't know. There's there's some women that never get an answer. Which is very hard because we've talked about how you sit and you go, maybe I did something, maybe I didn't do something, maybe I should have done something. The whole guilt thing. Right. And then you almost feel like you're not allowed to talk about it too, which is my my biggest um, problem with it and one of the causes you're starting to kind of champion is how – we almost expect women to just kind of get over it. You know, it's like, you yeah, but, you know, but it's fine. You know, you, you should be okay within a day or two. You, you shouldn't be grieving. And I feel like it's really unfair to act like we can't grieve over a loss mm-hmm. simply because we never dur- met them. Right. Mm-hmm. Simply because it was during a pregnancy rather than, you know, a, a death in the family afterwards. So mm-hmm. that's, um, that's one thing I was still really, really hurting. Um, It was probably, it was October of last year. So six months after my loss, eight months, um, I found a website called Still Birthday. 
stillbirthday.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and with that website, I connected with Heidi, the founder, and uh, spoke to her a little bit. And she really, really spoke into my heart. And she has a program that I went through, and I became a birth and bereavement doula. Can you tell us about that? that? What it tells what that <laughs> is. I have no idea. Um, that is what it, I have training to become or to be a doula for just a normal happy birth. Um, and those we have, I think, six or eight of us here in town. Um, and a doula is just somebody who helps you hold your hand. They're the sister you didn't have that knows what you're experiencing through childbirth. When you become a bereavement doula, you know what they're experiencing through loss. Okay. So if someone is experiencing a loss, I'm the one that you pick up the phone and call and say, can you come sit with her at the hospital while she delivers a stillborn? So this is primarily for women who know the, the child they're pregnant with is not going to make it. Or um, for somebody who has recently experienced a loss or mm-hmm. they're going through a miscarriage or um, a lot of times we don't get notified until after the fact. Right. Because people don't know about sure. us. Um, we had a, a close friend of ours go through mm-hmm. a loss here recently. I didn't find out till a week later. But I, I stepped in and I said, you know, if you need my help, I'm here. She picked up the phone and called me and said, yes, I need you. And we ended up being able to get her son from the hospital and get him cremated. Mm -hmm. She was told. uh, She didn't know that was even an option. She didn't know she could have her baby. So, And what was actually one of the reasons that made me love Dana even more was um, she gathered a group of us together and said, listen, this this costs. We we need to help her out. And I can't tell you guys how healing it can be for this to happen and a group of people got together and they were like we're all we're all throwing in we've all got we're all going to help and um and i don't think that friend of ours even really quite knows how it came about at this day she just knows that through some workings she was able to take her son home with her and it has been incredibly healing for her yeah it's uh and it's even healing for me yeah to be able to hold another mother's hand and walk her through everything and just be able to answer her question because there wasn't anybody there to answer my questions when I said, okay, my daughter's passed. Now what do I do? Right. Because the nursing staff at the hospital is wonderful, but they don't know what this is. I mean, and there is a bereavement team there that's absolutely amazing, but they haven't walked this walk. Mm. And that's the hard part. If you haven't walked it, you don't know what that mom is going through. So when you help another mother... What might that help look like? Um, sometimes it's just a shoulder to cry on. Uh, a lot of times it's a lot of Facebook messages and text messages mm-hmm. and just letting them know they're not alone, mm-hmm. um, validating their feelings. Uh, or if we get notified soon enough in person, I would literally pack a bag, go to the hospital and sit there while she's induced to give birth to a stillborn. And that's one of the hardest things a woman would ever have to do is to push out a baby that they know is not alive. Hmm. How common is that anymore? It's very common. That's something that you kind of found out with your experience that there's not really really programs, there's not really help, there's not really um, a knowledge base of it. And I, I feel like that's just because we don't. We don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. We, it almost feels like you you don't have the right to. Right. It mm-hmm. wasn't it wasn't a real person. Right. You know, I I, I get that vibe. Nobody's actually come right sure. out and said right. That. Mm-hmm. But um, I have to go there. Yeah. The Planned Parenthood thing. They right. talk about it's not a real baby right. until it's 
I don't know when they think right. they they I don't know when they define it as a baby. Yeah. But you know, we know those are babies. Those right. are real people. Those are real losses that we can we have every right to grieve over. I mm-hmm. have a friend who who posted an, an article that I read once that was it was so good and it was directed to that mentality and it was especially as Christians you cannot fight against abortion or say that it is murder and then not acknowledge that a miscarriage is a death to a mother mm-hmm. to a father and um, I feel like a lot of the time fathers feel like they cannot grieve because it's especially in an early onset you know miscarriage where you know there's not even a physical showing of anything dads feel like well what can I you know am I even allowed to be upset mm-hmm. and I think that we need to encourage that it is okay it's okay to be sad because you're you're not necessarily mourning you know this short life you got with them you're mourning the life you never got to mm-hmm. have you never mm-hmm. get to have now all the thoughts and the plans and the things that go into your head so mm-hmm. did you guys struggle when the due date came yes um, and I struggled even more. Our due date with Izzy was Mother's Day. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was not my first Mother's Day, which mm-hmm. was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but we lost her on Valentine's Day. Right. Mm-hmm. Our due date was Mother's Day. And my cycle returned that day. So it was just like, really? Sla- this? Slapped in the face. Right. Day. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It was like, really? It, okay. I'm just going to hit my knees and go curl up in a ball and cry. Mm-hmm. And... I found out through my studies and meeting other women who have been through this that curling up in a ball and crying is completely okay. Right. That I don't care what society thinks at this point. If I need to cry over my child, I will. Mm -hmm. And everybody needs to feel that way, that they don't have to hide their feelings. They don't have to hide their child. And I wear Isabella on my heart, on my sleeve, she's out there. I don't hide her. She's your Facebook cover photo. She is right now. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they actually, and some of these photographers are amazing, they will come in and do um, photos with your children um, as early on as they are, are lost too. So, um, and that takes, I think, a special person to be... Yeah to be mindful of that situation and mm-hmm. do that. And the people that came in were fantastic. I happened to be in the room when they when they came in and they were just really good about it, really cordial. And then those are memories and things that you have. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got you've got something. You get to see her face in some capacity. So mm-hmm. Yep. And she looks exactly like the rest of my girls. Yeah. That amazing. Yeah. I, I make a lot of mini me's. <laughs> <laughs> I met your two little girls and they yes. do look like you. They do. Your youngest resembles her dad more to me. She does. <laughs> she does. So we he at least can claim that one. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it like? Um, because at first you were you were told maybe wait a little while before you try to have another mm-hmm. baby and then you did get pregnant with Rebecca mm-hmm. after that. So what was it like finding out you were pregnant with her? Terrifying. That it would happen again. Yes. Yeah. Every every milestone we hit, it was just another step closer. But having a third trimester loss, mm-hmm. you can't really ever take a deep breath and yeah. say, okay, we're good. Right. Um, because we were 28 weeks. Yeah. I was far enough along. She should have made it. Yeah. You know, at 28 weeks, most babies survive. So to know that that could happen at any time. And I did have all of the issues leading up into this pregnancy. I had the high blood pressure. I had preeclampsia. Those are all precursors to having another abruption. So it was it was pretty scary the yeah. whole time until she was here and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> That's cry. what we want. You let her yes. cry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. 
Oh, yeah. But that is really hard. Because uh, since, I don't know about you, Adrian, mm-hmm. but when I lost my baby in the first trimester, mm-hmm. after the first trimester, mm-hmm. I felt like I could relax. Yeah. And I just, I never, ever thought I might lose this child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it had never happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember um, being terrified the first trimester, every little twinge, every little thing. And um, and you're terrified to go to the bathroom. And anybody who's had a miscarriage knows this because you're terrified every single time that you're going to see blood, which then means miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And I can remember thinking, I'm like, just don't every, – every time I go, I pray. Like praying while you're peeing. Who does that? Like people who have miscarriages, <laughs> that's who does that. And um, I actually, we had secondary infertility after that. Something else Dana and I went through together. We both struggled to get, she was going to have her first and I was trying to have my second. And we were on the, we were actually kind of scheduled to be on the same type of treatments together. And somebody went ahead and got pregnant without treatments. <laughs> that's so, not fair. That, that so her, was not in the buddy system. So her daughter is three months older than my son because she jumped the gun there. But, uh, <laughs> But I remember thinking even after that, it was like, great, so I've had a loss, and now I can't get pregnant, and I'm finally pregnant, and I'm, and that was my, my terrifying. It was, it's going to happen again, and it's going to be another year and a half before we'll have all those things. So it messes with your brain, and, I, and that's the thing where sometimes you just want to tell people, like, I'm just scared today. I'm just – I don't feel good. I'm mm-hmm. scared. And I feel like the majority of people's mentality is get over it. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Quit worrying. And you're like, but, but I can't. I can't stop worrying. Well, and – when we got pregnant with Rebecca, mm-hmm. we announced it immediately. Right. And a lot of people, if they've had a loss, will hide their pregnancy until you hit the second trimester because mm-hmm. that's when that's when it's supposed to be safe. And right. like we talked to all our friends, you know, it's never safe. Yeah. It's never safe. It really isn't. So yeah. we, we announced it. early yep. and asked for prayers. Yeah. And just said, look, we want everybody to know we're pregnant. This is a happy thing. Pray for us. Yeah. Pray for this baby. I love that attitude. Yeah. yeah that and, was the only thing that got me through. Because yeah. why live in fear and hiding, you know, when yeah. you could really just put it out in the open and ask for support? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there are people who ask, like, why would you say something so early? Why would you do that? I'm like, because that's a lot more time and a lot more people that can pray mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. So, But having that, that community around it. And, and sometimes when you go through a situation like that, you can find somebody else who's gone through it who's like, Oh wow! Look, you're you're being bold and and stepping out and saying, you know, this has happened to me, and I have never had a conversation about it without at least one other person being like, me too, mm-hmm. and it is incredibly common. I remember when I first when I first was able to start asking for prayer because I only been a Christian a little while, so it's rough. It's hard to ask those <laughs> things, um, and that was one of the things was we were struggling to get pregnant, and I brought up the miscarriage, and there was nine or ten women in the room, and all but one had had losses. And I'm like, this is a common thing. It yeah. happens a lot. And so the one one good part to that, I guess, is knowing that you never know. And it's not necessarily something that you've done or could have done or could have happened. It's just something something was not right at that time. And God made a decision and it happens. So, mm-hmm. Well, the statistics are one in four. Right. And I think those are severely lacking. I feel like it's so much more than it's, that. It's got to be gotta, lacking. It's almost like half. It's like, how do we even survive as a human race? <laughs> how do we keep populating the planet? <laughs> I just, it, it was hard for me the first time around mm-hmm. because when I found out that I was pregnant the second time, I had my son, Levi, he's right. six. And then when I was about 15, he was about 15 months old, I got pregnant again. Mm-hmm. And I was really happy. It was kind of quicker than I thought. But sure. hey, whatever, yeah. I'll take it. I, I immediately stopped exercising. Mm-hmm. I really was watching I don't, you know, want to eat junk. Right. And I thought if I exercise, that might 
I might jiggle the baby too much. I'll I'll shake the baby out. Yeah. (laughs) So I stopped exercising and about eight weeks I lost lost I don't Mm -hmm. even know whether it was a boy or girl. And so that had nothing to do with it. I don't know what it has to do with. I still to this day don't know because I don't have any conditions. I don't have I don't even have high blood pressure or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It just happened, but it happened twice. Yeah. And so then, and it would happen. It was like a baby miscarriage, baby miscarriage. So when I got pregnant with my third child, I thought I was going to lose her. Yeah. But God is gracious, and he goes beyond our expectations. He says, and, now here, have a fourth. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So then I, and then I never had a miscarriage between those two. Yeah. I didn't have any more. But, man, you, you just, you, I don't know. I wish yeah. someone would tell us how to prevent them. I know. Or just some way, or just some way that could be like, oh, blood test. Look, here's what it turns out. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's, I almost, I almost am scared of that because then it makes you terrified to like eat anything or do anything or move. Like you got in the mode, like I can't exercise, I can't do anything, yeah. and we still have to, we still have to live. We still mm-hmm. have to go through day to day life. So, well, and technology is advancing. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some blood tests that can be done for women who have had multiple losses, but they right. don't pick up very much. So even if you have this blood test and it comes back, you're still possibly not going to have an answer. So it's like, okay, yeah, I love technology and I love being able to know what's going on every step of the way. I mean, we had ultrasounds weekly with my daughter. But, you know, sometimes knowing too much is not a good thing either. Yeah. How would you, what was some of the things people said to you that were helpful? I know some things that are unhelpful are (laughs) things like, well, God Probably takes God's the imperfect plan. one, you know, and imp- implying that my child had some sort of defect and that's why it should die. Right. Mm-hmm. That wasn't at all helpful for me. No. Um, what is a good thing to say? Yeah. I love you. What oh, do you need? Sweet. Can I come I make your one. dinner? <laughs> uh, can I yes. come clean your house? Meal trains. Yes. 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 Um, literally stepping in and doing the things that she would have to do on a daily basis is the best thing you can do. Okay. Because that mom doesn't want to focus on getting the dusting done, Mm -hmm, getting the laundry done, getting dinner on the table, especially if you've got 12 kids running around, you know, (laughs) one kid running around, even loud one. Yeah. With lots of energy. Yeah. Mine sounded like 12 (laughs) kids at that point. Um, But, you know, just literally being there for them. Never use an at least phrase. That's true. At least. Oh, at least you have. I have heard that in regard to any grieving or any situation Mm -hmm. someone's going through. Don't use that phrase. Mm -hmm. So things where people don't know what to say. And so they say the cliche, Mm -hmm. the it's all part of God's plan. Okay, well, that's not helpful right now. Like, I know your intentions, but the helpful phrases I need are exactly what he said. Mm -hmm. I love you. Do you want to talk? Do you want to cry? Do you want to scream? I will step slightly away and you can scream. So, <laughs> I think it is important to note, though, you said yeah. the thing about God's plan. And we do believe that God has a plan. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I was just read. I'm reading A Purpose Driven Life right now. Mm-hmm. And it talked about Job. And, you know, God is fine with us sharing our emotions, screaming. You know, if you look in Psalm and mm-hmm. Job, Psalms and Job, David talked a lot about his feelings. Yeah. He talked a lot about why have you forsaken me, God? <laughs> you know, I feel really alone right now. And you know what? God doesn't think that that is inappropriate to no. say. Mm-hmm. I think we have to be respectful, but I love the fact that God is, he created our emotions. Right. He understands that they're good things. Yeah. We need them. Otherwise, I mean, we're just animals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably something that I would think a lot of affects people a lot that it might turn their faith. Um, it might make them, okay, well, you know, how could God allow this to happen mm-hmm. to me or something? And I know you kind of went through, you actually told me some really good things. Do you want to share any of? 
I we questioned a lot mm-hmm. when you're in that space initially. We questioned why would God do this, mm-hmm. right? But I know God gave us Isabella for me to help other women. Mm-hmm. That is literally His gift to me, and that He revealed my calling mm-hmm. with my daughter. Like I I have been questioning my calling my whole life. Why have you put me here? What it, What am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. He finally revealed it. I was. 33 years old. Mm-hmm. Was I 33? Yeah. <laughs> Your birthday was yesterday. Yes. Happy birthday. Oh. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I, I, I wasn't thankful for the situation itself. I hated mm-hmm. it. It was mm-hmm. horrible. Mm-hmm. But I was thankful on the flip side of, yes, now I have, I had that experience to where I can relate to someone who's, who's experiencing loss. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no situation is fun to go through like that. But mm-hmm. it does grow you as a person. It can build your faith unless you become bitter against God. Right. Mm-hmm. I love that you said that. I yeah. just. It's, yeah. So how long have you been doing the doula thing? Um, I certified January 1st of last year. I didn't actually serve. Well, I served two lost moms before I had Rebecca. Right. Okay. Um, and a lot of that was because when I certified, my belly was showing. Yeah. If you're losing your baby, you don't want a pregnant woman coming yeah, in that's true. to hold your hand and help you. Um, so I was still able to kind of hide the belly a little bit. I served one in person. I also served a friend of mine um, over the phone who she and I lost ours around the same time. She got pregnant again. We were pregnant at the same time. She lost again. Um, and I pray for her every day because she is pregnant right now. Mm-hmm. And I literally pray for her every day oh, that this little boy is going to come out kicking mm-hmm. and screaming and, and turn her world upside down. <laughs> she, yeah. she just had her 20-week ultrasound, so she's got about four, four and a half-ish months left. And okay. She's uh, halfway through then. She is. Yeah. She is halfway, and we have made it to the halfway point this time. She didn't make it with any of her her previous ones. Mm-hmm. So, and she's had healthy pregnancies before. She's got multiple children. Right. So, to have subsequent losses, loss after loss, now she's like, "What is going on? I've had right. all these kids. They still don't have any answers. They her losses were little they were flukes." Hmm. So difficult to understand mm-hmm. and accept. Mm-hmm. How many approximately women would you say that you've been able to be alongside since you got certified in January? Um I'd say I've probably come alongside about six, um, and it wasn't just me serving them. I, I've we've got some other lost doulas in the area that have helped me as well, mm-hmm. um, just because I do have a very young baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yep. you're kind of busy. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. At four months old, uh, you're not really ready to just hand them off to someone to watch them and right go help right. a mom in the middle of the night and a toddler and a working mm-hmm. husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That. But that's amazing that there's been eight people. That yeah. you've been able to help because mm-hmm. of the of what you've been through, yeah. Yeah. and a lot of it's just been online through Facebook. They are they'll pick up the phone and call me and ask me questions. Um, a lot of it is friends reaching out right. for them, saying, "Hey, I have a friend who had a loss. What do I need to do for them?" Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's what I'm here for. If there's questions, they can go to the website. They can look up any of us and shoot us an email. Stillbirthday.com you're mm-hmm. talking about? Mm-hmm. What would you say to husbands who really want to help their wives and they just don't know what to do? That's the hardest one. <laughs> um, because a husband is grieving as well. Right. Um, in a different way. Yeah. In a different way. And a lot of times husbands don't know how to express that grief. Yeah. 
Um, and husbands are fixers. Yes, I was just going to say, is your oh. husband a problem solver? Or is that just mine? He How do I is. make you feel better? No, they're all fixers. Yeah. And this is something you cannot fix. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you want to fix something, fix dinner. I was just thinking that. <laughs> Help out around the house. So yes. that's I like the way you think. Give me some bird. So. Oh, yes, oh the way to my heart is definitely through my stomach. Yeah. <laughs> I know uh, when my husband, uh, came, he said, what can I do? Because that's typically what they say. What, what can I do? What do you need? Mm-hmm. And I said, I need to be able to cry. Mm-hmm. I need it to be okay. And I need you to not ask me to stop. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay. I'm like, I just need to be an emotional wreck a little, and you just deal with it, basically. So I know because they don't know how to deal. I, I like when, know. I didn't like know when you're in labor. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to deal with you being in labor either. They're like, what do I do? You just stand there. I got this. Well, and <laughs> don't Izzy, touch me. When Izzy was born, and we were making the decisions about mm-hmm. um, her service, Brian didn't want to have an open casket, right? And I said, no, she's beautiful. She's perfect. I want the world to see her, and that was a decision we had to make very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that is a tough one. Yeah. Wow, I don't even know what I'd pick. Uh, we ended up having an open casket, mm-hmm. and then we had her cremated. So mm-hmm. she's she's at my home. Right. She will be buried with, with one of us, whichever goes first, I guess. But, you know, that's supporting your wife in the decision that she makes yeah. for that as well. Because that's, that's hard. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, she was. She was beautiful. She looks mm-hmm. just like my other girls. Mm-hmm. So it's like, no, I want the world to see my daughter. It's a surreal experience to go through because, like I said, mm-hmm. you know, we well, actually, my husband went to the hospital that night. He was mm-hmm. there with Brian, and they were in the room when they were trying to work on Izzy and, and see if they could save her. And um, and the next morning when we got to go out there, Dana said, do you want to hold her? And I and I didn't even know that was an option. Like, mm-hmm. that, that that would have never crossed my mind as being something that you can do. And I, and I was, yes. And so it's surreal because you're holding this baby. And you automatically started swaying and rocking her mm-hmm. and doing and I'm like, and it's just this this natural thing. And I was like, I'm actually really glad you got to have this experience because I always think of it as something like they'll just take them away and you don't see them, you get to do anything, but you got those moments. And that's what they that used was to do. So good for both of you to mm-hmm. be able to have her and hold her and love her, you mm-hmm. know. So um my grandmother had a stillbirth. Yeah. And she never got to see her baby, she sure. never got to hold her baby. And it tore her up to meet my baby, mm-hmm. but she got closure yeah. by holding my child. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my grandma was able to to look at this precious little one that was about the same gestation mm-hmm. and know, okay, this is what my baby would have would have been. It was a little girl. Hers yeah. was too. Yeah. And it's it's brought me and my grandmother so much closer together. Yeah. So it's it's been pretty surreal just finding all of these women in my life that have had losses. That I never knew. They didn't talk about it? No. You never knew that about your grandma? No. Never that knew that day. about my grandma. My great-grandmother had a loss. Yeah. I know my dad's mom was never able to have children. I don't know if she had miscarriages, but I, I assume she did. She was gone before we lost Izzy. I know I've talked to my aunt, and her mother had losses. So I'm so glad that you are, you've seen this as your cause and your calling and how the people that you're going to help. So... I think it's really that way with any bad situation in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, I think about a friend of mine who her baby lived for three days. Mm-hmm. It had, um, I think, I think her brain stopped developing mm-hmm. about halfway through the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, she only made it for three days and they did the whole thing with the photography as right. well. And we, it was the saddest funeral I've ever been to. Yeah. But they got her feet imprinted. They, yeah. they, mm-hmm. they had pictures of her all over the church. And she was beautiful. It was amazing to see my friend go through this situation because she was 
she was so vulnerable. She yeah. was open about it, but she always gave glory to God. Yeah. She kept leaning on him, and her aunt actually became a Christian through oh, the situation wow. oh, by wow. watching how she dealt with it. The um the friend that uh, Dana mentioned earlier that we talked to that's um, that had just had her loss, and Dana's been helping her. She um, actually sent me a message separately and said, "I know that prayer is what's getting me through this." And she has a daughter, and she says, "My daughter is asking if the baby is in heaven." She goes, and I, she goes, and I told her, "Yes, the baby's in heaven with God." She goes, and it's made me realize that um, he's the only thing that would get us through this. And so she's actually, she started, she's she's taking slow steps. She's coming to small mm-hmm. group, and then starting to like get involved and do stuff. But she's like, "This has made me realize that the only way I can know that he's in heaven is because I know there's a God, and I need to reconnect with him." I called Dana. I'm like sobbing. I'm yeah. like, oh. And he's like, she knows I'm praying for her. So I'm like, yeah, well, that's what we well, say. And it helps that you browbeat her into going to church. <laughs> I do that. I'm, the, I'm like, you're going to church. No, I'm not that bad. Well, you just <laughs> you love going and you know how yeah. much it's helped you. It's one of those things where you just want to tell people, you I need know. this because, look, it's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's good it's stuff. That works so. for me. My husband had never gone to church before, and it was Jeff and Adrian that baptism. dragged us kicking and screaming. <sighs> no, we said, come to our baptism. Well, it'll be a party. We'll cook out afterwards. <laughs> we oh, got, like, I come to anything if there's got, food involved. We got like 25 friends to come <laughs> to our baptism. It was awesome. But, yeah. You are good at that. I mean, you you make Christianity look like a lot of fun. I think because it is. It is. <laughs> My and Jesus some, is the partying Jesus. I don't have the sad <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I just think so many people make it look like it's so boring to be a Christian yeah. and it's a bunch of do's and don'ts. But, mm-hmm. I mean, then in losses— yeah. You hear a lot of I'm praying for you or, you know, lean on Jesus, whatever they want to yeah. say. But there's a lot of involvement with God. Yeah. And I think it's in times of birth and death and things like that that mm-hmm. just really make you think what yeah. matters in life. And that's when you see the community that comes around and, mm-hmm. and, and lifts you up and is there. And that's what I feel like you're going to be bringing to people is just that little bit of what God's love can do in situations like this. So mm-hmm. It's amazing stuff. Well, we're out of time. I wish we weren't. I can't. Um, I don't know where the time is gone. <laughs> you, where it always goes. Where we're like, oh, we're still talking. Two days I, later, we're like, you may be one of my favorite guests so far. No offense to anybody else, but you can come back and talk about other stuff too. So okay. I, I'll let her know all the other cool things about you. I actually wasn't looking forward to this podcast because I thought it was going to be really sad and depressing because it is sad. Yeah. And, well, and I knew this was coming up, and I've been asking for prayers. Yeah, <laughs> to keep me from melting down into a puddle of tears. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I think all of us have gotten a little misty eyed, but so far okay. nobody's had to, you know, do the honking nose blowing thing. Mm-hmm. No, we're good. But we're all hopefully, go upstairs and hug our babies. Though I know. <laughs> hopefully, you know, this is a support group. This yeah. podcast is here to support other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've never heard of that website, but I think you said it was stillbirthday.com. dot mm-hmm. So, uh, any other resources people can go to? Is there a Facebook group? There are tons of Facebook groups. What kind of thing can you search for? Um, well, I. The one that comes to mind first, of course, is our still be- still birthday support group. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but there are, I know a lot of women, like you're on Baby Center for your pregnancy. Mm-hmm. There are Baby Center loss groups okay. that you can join. Um, there's a couple of them. The early loss groups, those are open. There are others. Uh, there's a second and third trimester loss group that you have to have approval to join. Sure. Private stuff going yes. on. Yeah. 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 It's a lot of private stuff. And these women, we've all been there. We've all done it. They'll support you through your subsequent pregnancies. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's amazing the sisterhood that you join. Yeah, 
So, well, thank you for telling us good. about those resources. Yes. And, and it took a lot for you to be here. Appreciate it. <laughs> it was Adrian's bright idea to have this podcast. And like You're I said, welcome. I don't... <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> you know, it's those situations you, you'd rather just kind of brush off and not really talk about yeah. them. Mm-hmm. But it takes going through, walking through those hard times in life to mm-hmm. make you stronger and realize nobody's alone. Right. Because mm-hmm. it still takes a village. Oh, look at you. Come <laughs> on, there's our closing line. <laughs> okay. We have got to wrap it up. But um, you can find us on Twitter at yep. 80 and Tracy. Yep. Um, we are on Facebook. It still takes a village. And, and our website is now there. It still takes a village.com. So yay. let us know if you have any comments. If mm-hmm. you'd like to post anything, we're, we're more than happy to receive those. So anyway, all right, we got to (laughs) go. Bye. Tracy has to stop.